0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Good evening, everybody. Welcome along to the Rangers Rabble Academy Review. Um, Quite a lot to talk about tonight which it feels like it's been a, a wee while since we've done one of these um even though we've been to quite a few games um, quite a few games um to look over plus some comments from the manager the first team manager um and we'll have a wee look at some individual players and as always take your questions before we get into the show as most of you know who watch regularly we are now sponsored by Kitbag. Kitbag, right now we're doing a flash sale 65 up to 65 percent off a wide range of football gear in general. And um, you can get up to sixty-five percent of I think it's all four Rangers kits this season. You can pick them up for as little as twenty five pounds. The link for that is in the description if that's something that you fancy, if that's something that you you're looking for. Um, and of course, if you use the link in the description, you're helping to support the podcast as well. So thank you for that. Uh, William, how are you?
0: Good, mate. It's been a busy day, second pod of the day, so i been a busy boy.
1: I know you've been doing more pods than me lately.
0: <laughs> I know, and that's unusual between us. You know, normally, you were always the one that was that was online every day, but I recently it's been me a lot. So, if anybody's getting bored seeing me, I do apologize.
1: Oh, I was bored seeing you for the second day I met you, so sorry. And <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so of course, like and subscribe and all that good stuff, share. Um, we appreciate that you know, the B team stuff isn't for every Rangers fan, which is absolutely fine. Um, but if you know somebody who is interested in the B team, wants kept up to date, wants all the latest news and updates, then let them know about it. Share it about. Um we attend, I would say, William, between me and you, well, pretty much you, um, probably ninety percent of the B team games.
0: Yeah, we're probably not far off that. We obviously miss the odd one for first team been playing and stuff like that, which is just unfortunate that the first team will kick off at the same time as the B team and you can't be in two places at once. So, um, Obviously, I think when we've got Trenent at home soon and then we're away at Lovingston, I'll probably be at the B team game that day because I probably won't go to Lovingston, but obviously it's just depending on what you're looking.
1: Oh, I hope William hasn't cut off quite quickly into the show because then it's just me and William knows far more about the B team um, than I do. Um, So yeah, if you bear with us for just one second, folks, and I will see if I can get William back on. Give me two. Okay, folks, we will be joined back by William um, in a few moments. Um, So before we do, what I will say very, very quickly is if you've got any questions at all, um, I will try my best to answer them while we are waiting um on william so please do get your questions in the comments um, i will just quickly uh, go over the game that we were at last night me and uh william we were at the gretna game Um it was a s- surprise for me because i have seen a lot of the b team this season and we certainly did not perform um to the best of our abilities um, the first half i would say rangers probably controlled they controlled most of the game. Greta didn't offer much of a threat, um, to be fair, um, which was to be expected. Um, that's why they're they're sitting towards the bottom of the table. Um, the, the first goal came, and it's basically a tap-in um, for Robbie Ure, and Robbie Ure is somebody who we will certainly be coming on um, to discuss. He's obviously had a, a, a first-team appearance, um, but yeah, um, last night but in fact uh, both goals what happens for Robbie' Ure, but he was in the right place um at the right time I actually spoke to Robbie um after the game last night just as his question comes in from uh over a hill, um obviously he means you're but he said use um your scored twice how was his overall performance to be brutally honest and this is actually something that me and William' were going to talk about a lot more once he comes back I hate to talk about the B team the same way that we talk about the first team um because to be fair um these are all young boys who don't have any first team experience don't don't have great experience at playing competitive football in terms of where they're playing now in the lowland league um but overall last night the performance wasn't great um Robbie admitted that to me in the post match he, he said something along the lines of um, you know, the manager wants them to go out there and entertain the people who come along to watch because they very much appreciate every single person who goes along to watch. Um, and it wasn't... The performance was not up to that standard. Um, however, he was happy that he got his goals. Um, like I say, both happens, but he was in the right place um, at the right time. I think a lot of views over the last kind of two or three academy reviews have heard me talk about a certain Aaron Lyle, um, who, for me... Personally, and I'm not a coach, I'm not a scout, um, I'm not (laughs) um, in any way fit to judge players on a professional level. But for me, Aaron is certainly a a player who excites. If if any of you haven't been down to watch the B team, I highly suggest that you go and watch them and go and have a look at Aaron. He's usually number 10. Um, I think he's an absolutely fantastic player. He's got such quick feet, he's intelligent, he's very good at passing the ball. And even Aaron wasn't his sparkling best um last night. Spent most of the game actually um, for me playing a lot deeper, which in my opinion isn't his best. um, Isn't his best position. And but he spent a lot of the game playing a lot deeper. Um, But but please do keep your eye out for him. Um, He's an absolutely smashing player. Um, Graham heard your once a move, got to give these lads a chance. I haven't heard anything at all about Robbie wanting a move outside the B team. Um, I haven't heard anything from that, but that is something that I will certainly um, be putting to William. Um, Paul's asking, Evening Martin, good three points, top of the league, and a game in hand. What will happen if they win the league? Uh, I was asked this on Twitter earlier, um, and the the brutal answer is, I don't know. Um, Firstly, Rangers B, Celtic B, and Hearts B cannot get promoted. Um, So, for example, if the league was to stay... The way it was just now, then um, Rangers B would finish top of the league. Trinent would finish, <coughs> excuse me, Tranent would finish second. Um, so Trinent would then go on as, as as league winners, if you like, and they would go into the playoffs. Rangers B can't go into the playoffs. But the, the more interesting question on top of that is, um, would Rangers lift a trophy? And the answer to that is purely, I don't know. I really, really don't know. Um, but I am so glad that I can be rejoined by William. Um, because you left me in a wee bit of a tough spot there, William. I'm not gonna lie to you.
0: I don't even know what happened to be honest. I was just I was talking, then all of a sudden the thing rebooted. Um there must have been some up, some type of update going on or something like that. So what can you the do? The one about?
1: show, the one show that I would not like to be left alone myself and get something. You did wrong. it on
0: purpose just to upset you.
1: <laughs> You've done it on purpose. You absolutely done it on purpose. Um if you see very quickly before we talk about players, before we talk about fixtures, before we talk about results. Um, <clears throat> Paul put in, um, not Paul. Sorry, oh, where's the where's the comment gone? Let's say Graham Brown, um, heard your wants a move, got to give these lads a chance now. Um, Borgham, I haven't heard any rumour or any talk of Robbie wanting out of the club. Have you heard anything?
0: I think that football insider posted something earlier about Robbie oh, today, right? Um, See, to be honest, I I did read the article, but didn't, it didn't. It didn't make a lot of sense, to be honest, when I read it because some of the things that were that were written in it just aren't the case. Um, I don't see why Rangers would have offered Robbie less money than he's currently on. Like, I don't think that would happen on a personal level. No. And just some of the stuff in the article didn't make sense. So, my personal point of view was. It's it's not an accurate thing that's been put out there. That's just my personal view. I mean, I've not confirmed that by anybody at the club, but I guess what some of the stuff that was within the article didn't kind of stack up in my opinion?
1: Yeah, um, there's no way uh, a player with Robbie's potential, um, and even if you want to go as far as to say sell on value. Which, which look, Rangers aren't looking at that They're looking at Robbie's potential And, and can he make it into the first team But even with, with all that said There's no way Rangers are offering him less money Than what he's already on No chance
0: I mean, I would have thought the bare minimum That Rangers would offer Robbie Is what he's already on So I would be very surprised if they've offered him less Especially given that he scored 22 goals this season In all competitions, including the friendlies So I think if you offered somebody less money That scored that amount of goals And he's had two games for the first team And scored as well so yeah that didn't add up to me on a personal level
1: no 100 percent not um uh, before while you you chucked it um i was really really badly going over last night's game um i think we'll park that because i don't know what way you want to do this tonight but i was going to do the the b team first and then the under 18s um but you want to go under 18s first
0: no, I mean just fire away with the B team. That's just with the B nice. teams.
1: right? So, where did we leave it off last time? Where, were well,
0: Rangers. I think to what I checked the date. So, since the last podcast, we've had Dalbite, um, we've had the Glasgow Cup game against Partick Thistle we've had the Open Goal game, the Gala Fairy Dean game, and the Gretna game. So, it's been quite a lot of games.
1: Right. The one that jumps out obviously is the Partick Thistle um, so, if you want to remind us yeah, all well, what happened in that,
0: well, that was obviously the first game in the Glasgow Cup group stage for us. Um, it finished Rangers 5, Partick 1. Tony Weston committed the team that day um, and scored an absolutely unbelievable goal. One of the best goals you'll see this season. And um, then further goals for Zach Lovelace, Charlie Lindsay, James Graham, and Robbie Ewer made that a pretty comprehensive win. Parthic had a couple of guys that were on the fringes of the first team playing, and then there was obviously some younger age group players as well, so um, it was one of those ones where I'm I'm sure Parthic could have put out a stronger team if they'd chosen to do so. In the end, it was a pretty comfortable win at the training ground. Um, the game had to be played on the astro as well, because obviously that was at the time when there was a heavy freeze, um, so they weren't able to use the grass pitch, which wasn't it's not ideal to be playing against teams like Partick Thistle on the Astro, but needs must if they just wanted to get the game to go ahead.
1: Right. You, you mentioned a name there <clears throat> um, that I think would be interesting to talk about for a couple of minutes. Tony Weston um, yeah. was out on loan, and correct me if I'm wrong, Partick Thistle, because I've got this wrong in the past. well no, that's right. Um, I don't think um, it worked out great. If we're being honest, we're being honest, it didn't work out great for him. Came back, obviously played in that Glasgow Cup game, scored that goal that you talked about, um, and now he's went back out on loan um to Cove Rangers, yeah. which I think is a very good loan. Um Coves a Cove are a good team, I think. That um, you know, does he have to impress it cove now? Is 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 it at that point for Tony where you know it's we've got Zach, we've got Robbie playing yeah. in that position. You know, we'll come to the manager's comments on the league that they're playing in, but but for Tony, is it important now that it's not just about going out and, and making the mistakes, etc., and, and getting the experience? He has to go out and impress now, doesn't he?
0: Yeah, well, I think even for his own self, to be honest with you, it's important. You know, Tony's out of contract in the summer. Um, obviously I think he put a post or his or his girlfriend put a post out to say that you know they're going to become parents. So obviously, congratulations to Tony and Madison. Congratulations. On- you know, that news. Um, But yeah, look, from Tony's perspective, if he doesn't have a career at Rangers after this season, then he has to probably do well at Cove for other teams to take notice of what he's been doing. Um, Obviously, the first half of the season, I'm sure Tony wasn't happy about it. You know, when he went there, he probably thought he would have played more. Instead, he spent a lot of time on the bench, which isn't ideal for him and his development as a player. He's always went to Cove, who, who are in the same position in the championship. Um, so he just needs to try and push on between now and the end of the season and see what happens come the summer. At the moment, um, I think Tony might well leave, but things can happen really quickly in football, and if Tony has a successful end to the season, it might be that the club offer him another contract, but he's obviously got to decide himself where his future lies because he might not want to hang about at Rangers just to go out and loan again.
1: Yeah, Um I know it's not always about the level that the yeah. players are at. For Rangers, we, we've obviously we've spoke to Craig. We've had a wee bit of an insight into how they view yeah. loans, etc., etc. But I suppose as it currently stands, Tony's playing at a higher level than both Zach and Robbie. Um, do you think if he goes out and he has a really, really, really good spell at Cove that he maybe could try and force his way back into that? that, that not even just the B team, but into the first team, do you see any pathway at all for him? It's
0: it's tough when you've already had, like Robbie's made his two appearances this year, the fact Zach's only just turned 17, you know, the club paid a six-figure fee to obviously bring Zach in as well. I think it's probably fair to say that come the summer, if Tony's wanting to develop as a footballer and to play more games, it's probably going to be away from Rangers. That's my gut instinct, because I guess think at his age, he's been up here a couple of years now, he's a really a really good season in the Lowland League, he scored a lot of goals, um, I think a lot of people thought maybe a League One or a Championship loan would be good for Tony, obviously, he went to Partick that hasn't worked out, he's come back for a short period, and then he's went out to join Cove, the worry would be that he, he doesn't score a lot of goals at Cove Isler and then come the summer. I'm sure there's still English clubs that will show interest in Tony, especially maybe like League 2, maybe conference teams would maybe have a lot of interest in Tony, but he's just got to decide himself where his future lies, because at the end of the day, this isn't just about you know, like Rangers and making it at Rangers it's, it's about this kid and the, and the sort of development in his career as to where he is. I mean, at the end of the day, like Rangers did pay a fee for Tony to bring him in from Blackpool, so they've seen something in him you know, but Unfortunately, see every year in football, you can kind of drop further down the pecking order if you're not like taking that step up. And since then, obviously Robbie Ewer's really pushed on. They've obviously signed Zach Lovelace. We've signed Antonio Cholak. You know, so there's a lot been on since then. And that's that's the real difficulty of being a young striker at English. You need to be almost better than anything in the first team to get that chance to be good enough.
1: Yeah, and like William's saying, um, we paid a six figure sum yeah. for Tony as well. It wasn't a small amount of money we paid for him.
0: No, and that's think like it's not I mean, there was a lot of clubs interested in Tony when Rangers did get him. And I think there was a lot of excitement around getting Tony at the time because people obviously perceived him to be somebody who would maybe be on the kind of brink of the B team first team. And obviously, like he has come on and made his debut, you know, against Hearts, which I'm I'm sure he thoroughly enjoyed. That was a great moment for him, but I think it's fair to say since then things haven't worked out quite as well as he would have liked and it's obviously a decision for him to make between now and the summer as to where he wants his future to be.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I was actually just double-checking that I wasn't still on mute because <clears throat> since I've been telling people to um, stay on mute I, I, I've, and, and come off it because they keep forgetting, I keep forgetting to come off mute. Uh, I was asked, I, I can't remember who was talking to me about it. I may have been today in work, actually, talking about the B team, or it may have been somebody on Twitter. Um, there have been a few games lately, and we'll come to the open goal game in a wee second, um, yeah. where the B team have probably dropped points where we haven't expected them to, mm. um, or they've been ahead in games and then been pegged back late on or conceded penalties. And um, But the point I always try to make to people is that, you know, m- most of our players, if not all the players in our B team, right are faster are better better technically than than most if not all players in the lowland league um but they are still young they are still developing i spoke to brian last night after the game and brian and, and brian reiterated actually what i asked him when i says you know i understand it's all about development and trying to get these players ready to move up um but and the result, it's not that the, the it's not that the result doesn't matter, and um, because it ranges the result always matters. Um mm-hmm. but is it performance over result? Um because I think we have to remember William, these are young guys, they're gonna have inconsistencies, they're gonna have off days and poor games, and when a lot of stuff goes against them during a game, they don't quite have that experience yet to sometimes always be able to deal with that.
0: Yeah, look. Well- I don't think we've played our best at times recently. I don't think we've played... I mean, I thought last night in particular, we just didn't do a lot of real quality in the final third. That was badly missing last night. Um, don't get me wrong, like Gretna were very well set up. They were very well drilled. They knew exactly how we were going to play. They set up their stall. Um, they didn't really lose their shape at all during the game. They kept at it for the entire 96, 97 minutes, whatever it was, and just happened to be that Robbie took that last chance... That ended up making it 2-1. A draw would have probably been fair. I thought Gretna played really well. The open goal game, I thought we were just naive. 2-1 ahead after Zach's really good goal. I mean, that's as good a goal as you'll see from Zach this season. The way that he ran by a few of them and then smashed it by the goalkeeper. But then in in the last three or four minutes of that game, we we just shut off. We didn't defend our box well. We didn't make the right decisions. And then that ball comes out in the box and the guy's standing there, free header and at the back, and I mean I would imagine the players are frustrated because there's been quite a few games recently where we've just we've just not done enough. We've not we've not played well enough, we've not moved the ball quickly enough, we've not been clinical enough. So see at the end of the day, there's an expectation when Rangers play a lot of teams that they should be running over the top of them, and to a point they should. You know, there's a lot of talent within that B team. Um, but they do need to find ways of winning games. But I would still like to see more style about it and and more like quality, especially in the final third. I do think at times recently we've maybe not been a hundred percent up top. Some of our final quality's been poor, some of our crossings not been great, some of our finishing's been pretty poor as well. But at the end of the day, yeah, they are young players, but there's still a level of expectation at Rangers that we should be doing more and winning more of these games, to be quite honest with you.
1: Yeah. Um, Timothy Sharp and Curry Muncher in the comments. Right. Two brilliant points. We're going to come to that a wee bit later on because you're talking about the level and you're talking about the performances. Mick Beals, uh the manager, sorry, Michael Beal, has had his say on the Lowland League, um, for good or for bad. Um, I'm not ignoring these. Um, I'm going to remember your comments and I'm going to come back to them. I'll uh, answer
0: that one quickly because that's obviously uh, Archie has been out for a while. Um, Gaza, basically, he's—I think he said—he's boot taken off now that he had on um, after his operation and stuff. So that all seems to be off now. I think Archie will be back reasonably soon. So um, hopefully by the end of this month we'll see Archie Stevens back in the under 18s teams and getting some valuable minutes.
1: And also, can I just point out to CGM's, <coughs> excuse me, CGM's comment as well. That's along the same lines as Curry and Timothy. Um, we're going to be discussing that just after we go over these games for the 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 B team and the under 18s because the development and the number of players coming through and the level at which they develop, um, Michael will be sort of had his say. Um, so me and William are going to discuss that. Um, and of course the loan system as well. But just can quickly back to that that open goal. Um, yeah. game. Well, open goal get a lot of headlines because of who their manager is, their coaching Oof. team. Obviously the podcast is, is massive. Um, so there's always going to be a light kind of shone on them. I think what disappointed me so much in that game was that for most of the game we were the better team. There's, I, I don't think anybody could argue that we were the better team and we weren't playing it anywhere near the level that we can play at. And I, I don't think I think maybe next season open goal may be different. Um, this is obviously their first season together, spending quite a lot of money to get their players in. Um, but to me, they're, they're a mid-table Logan League team.
0: Look, I think they've played some good games this season. I've only seen the highlights of their other games out with Rangers. And look, they've got a lot of guys who have played in like the 1st and 2nd Division in Scotland. Some guys have even played in the Championship at points as well. So, and Cup so Rod A Rod lot of experience in that team. And then obviously, I used you can add in Kirkie, who was obviously at Rangers in St. Murm. um but the reality is, I still think they lack a bit of legs in that team. I think they could maybe send some younger players that can maybe get about the pitch a bit more. Because I do feel at times, whenever we've played against them in particular, see even we up the tempo and we play at a higher intensity. They can't cope with that.
1: No, they can't.
0: I felt, I felt like we kind of <clears> got <throat> first gear, and then we kind of stopped, and then we get back into gear and we stopped. and I got the feeling, see if we put on a sustained period of real good pressure, we would have probably scored a couple more goals, but we just never done it. And that's, and that's been the frustration recently, I think, in, in some of the games, not all the games, but some of them that we have like patches of the game where we play well and then we'll not play well for 25 minutes and you get away with it against some of the opposition in the league. So this is where like, I think it would be better if there was better tests out there, that there was tougher games. And this is obviously what we're going to touch on kind of later in the podcast.
1: Yeah, um, very quickly then, um, after that open goal game, we, we bounced back, 4 one 4-1, I can't speak, 4 one over Gala Ferry Dean Rovers. Um, there's somebody on that score sheet who I really, really, really want to talk about. But again, I, I spoke to Brian um, Gilmore about him last night as well. And, I'm, and I made the point to Brian that I'm very wary of trying to build up players um, and you know, people who watch mind by me saying how good they are, even though I've done it with Aaron Lyle about a million times. And but on the score sheet that night, William was Zach Lovelace, Bailey Rice, Robbie Urte, and Charlie Lindsay. Before I ask you about the player who I want to talk about, who I'm pretty sure you're already aware who that is. Um, that game in general, were you at that game?
0: No, I was at highbrooks but I've always managed to catch the highlights of the game. Um I actually spoke to Robbie Fraser up at the training ground as well, up at the in the Sunday game, when the 16s were playing, um, I spoke to Robbie, and he was saying he thought the boys played really well in that game, probably their best performance in the league for a wee while, um, in terms of their movement, their quality, their clinicalness. Um, so, I was kind of expecting more of that against Gretna, but clearly that that didn't carry on for the game at the weekend to the midweek game, but Robbie seemed quite positive about the performance and the way the boys played, and he was maybe just a bit disappointed that they maybe didn't score another couple of goals because when you're I think they were free nothing up very early on in the game. So maybe there could have been more goals and more clinical chances taken, but in the end it finished 4-1.
1: Yeah. And i am sorry, I just had a sneeze attack, yeah. Um <laughs> and on the score sheet, a young central midfielder, 16 years of age, called Bailey Rice. Yeah. Um, William talked to me about how good this young boy is, and the sky's the limit for him, is it not?
0: Yeah, look, I think Bailey's very good. Um, I think he's he's somebody that's just very comfortable on the ball. I'm sure anybody that's, that's seen Bailey would say similar. He's um, he's a kid with, with a bright future in the game, um, and I think Rangers did extremely well to get Bailey last summer, to be honest. I think most of the guys that go to the game expected Bailey to maybe go to England, because I think there was really good offers on the table by all accounts but we obviously chose to come you, to can, see, you can see
1: why William um yeah, but, yeah, so, just, just just quickly I know we've we've already discussed it, yeah. um but obviously the last game we played was last night that was against Gretna. We won two one two one Robbie you with both goals um we weren't great by any stretch of the imagination we didn't play well at all um Gretna are down towards the bottom of the league you would expect us to comfortably deal with Gretna In fact, me and you spoke before the game and we said, you know, this could be 3-4, a confidence booster for the team if they play well. We didn't play well. But the sign of a really good player for me is when the team doesn't play well and Bailey certainly didn't play his best, he was still, for me, head and shoulders, the best player on the park last night.
0: Yeah, look, I mean, I enjoy watching him play. I just think he's a really smart footballer. He can take the ball out of defence. He can spread the game quite comfortably. He can step up a little bit. He can be very progressive in the final third. He's he's got a great eye for a final pass. Um, He's somebody that's a very good set-piece taker as well from free kicks and penalties. Um, He's just comfortable in most positions, really, Bailey. He's one of those kids that if he had to drop into centre-back, I think he would be a pretty good ball-playing centre-back, to be honest. He's He's just got a comfortableness about him. And I think the fact he's already basically playing every game for... For the B team rather than the A teams, I think that shows you where where Rangers see Bailey right now in terms of his development and his his progression as a footballer.
1: Yeah, I'll yeah. be I will be shocked uh, next season more so than this season. But next season we don't see him, in and around that you know, a couple of cup games here and there, getting a wee tiny bit of first-team experience. I, I do genuinely think he's that good. Um, I scream and shout every, every Academy pod about young Aaron Lyle. You know my feelings about young Aaron Lyle. I think he's an absolutely phenomenal um player. Um, But Bailey is ba- that one you look at in that team and go, we've got a gem. We, we've got a real, real gem there, Um, 100% excuse me I'm struggling I don't uh, by the way can I just say to everybody watching as well I hope that nobody's walking about the streets watching this on their phone out in that weather because it is horrendous out there mm-hmm. so if you if you're going to go outside if you have to go outside just be careful um they're talking about a certain storm whose name I will not name possibly coming back um let's just say it's a really bad storm from the east um so just be very 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 careful if you're out and about. Um, because it is horrendous out there. Um, please do like and share and subscribe and, and and all that good stuff if you're watching on YouTube. Um, if you're watching on Facebook, give us a wee share as well. On, and, of course, on Twitter as well, give us a wee retweet and a share. And this is the last time I'm going to mention it, so forgive me. Um, obviously, as most people know, the Rangers' rabble is planning and going full-time, which would mean attendance at virtually every B-team game, um, reports from every B-team game, manager, player uh, reports reports on every first team game reactions build-ups we're going to be doing loads of stuff for the website membership pages and um, loads and loads and loads of stuff so in order to be able to do that um we have partnered with kitbag uk and the link is in the description for that and um, today and tomorrow they are doing their star by sale so you can get the current rangers home top for 25 pounds if you use the link in the description you can also get this the away third and fourth kits. but you can also get tops from other teams as well across across the range that they have there on selected tops they've got up to 65 percent off so if you use the link in the description um if you i don't think you use code rabble 20 when it's the star buys but when out with the star buys if you use code rabble 20 and um, when the, when the big massive sale isn't on you'll still get 20 percent off and every time you use that you help support the podcast as well so many thanks to those of you who go along and do that um well my amazing salesman skills have thrown me off topic um but like i say uh, last night gretna 2-1 so that leaves the league the the low and league table like this i will read the first five teams um rangers rangers be top on 58 points And second is Trinent Juniors on 57. And third is the Spartans, not Spartans, the Spartans, with 54. Celtic B in fourth with 53. And the University of Stirling in fifth with 52. So tight at the top, William. um, But we have the tiniest, tiniest bit of breathing space.
0: Yeah, look, that's why it was important to win last night, to be honest, was to try and stay top of the league. Um, there's some really tough games coming up. I think, as most people will be aware, you know we've got Tranent to play, we've got Stirling Unity to play, we've obviously still got the Celtic rearranged game to play. Um, even Cowdy Beef on Saturday is not going to be easy down there. You know um, that will be a really tough game. More Ross was obviously at the game last night, having a look at it, so he'll have a good idea after seeing what Gretna did. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's seen similar on Saturday.
1: I was stuck on mute as well. Um, Curry Muncher, Martin, you started talking about a couple of questions and moved right off topic. <laughs> I'm That's so me. sorry. I'm really not feeling well. I don't know. It's just hit me. All of us. It just a sneezing fit hit me and I don't feel great. If you could remind me, Curry, what I was talking about, then I will certainly bring it back up. <laughs> um, Obviously, look, we would absolutely love to win the league. Well, I think it would, achievement-wise, for a group of young uh, young players to come together and go into a league. Um, and albeit, like I, I've mentioned it before, skill-wise, technical-wise, um, we are far superior to most, if not all, of the Lowland League teams. But then you've got to add in stuff like horrible pitches. You've got to add in stuff like um, physicality, which is probably where we've struggled most this season. Um, yeah. So so to, to be nine games away... Um, from winning a, the Lowland League. What kind of achievement would that be?
0: I mean, it's hard to know what Rangers wanted at the start of the season. If it was to win the league, then it would be the achievement the club wanted. For me, personally, what I wanted was just to see more players stepping up into the first team or being part of the first team. So for me, that's probably more important than winning the league on a, on like kind of my level of looking at things. But obviously for the players they've got to this stage of the season, so I'm sure... You know, sort of privately, they're maybe talking about how they would like to win the league. There, there's still some really difficult games to be played. Of course, but of course. But you know, like if they can take this game on Saturday and they can get the one, then they can move forward to the game after that, etc. etc. It's all they can do is just take one game at a time. And I suppose one of the big things people would point towards is when you're at rangers, there's an expectation that you're going to win things. So, you know, if the boys can go and win the Lola League, if they can you know, sort of won the Glasgow Cup again. It's just good for the mentality of the players as much as it is anything else, to be honest. Yeah,
1: yeah, 100%. And that's why I haven't even broached the question with David McCallum yet, because I'm pretty yeah. sure um, he would <laughs> tell me exactly where to go. Um, there's a few people asking, Morgan, well, about reserve football, right? Yeah. Um, People are asking if we should go back to having a reserve league, etc, etc. Now, we are going to come and discuss that in a wee second, um, but... There is still a reserve league, but there's just very few teams in it. And the only reason that I know that there's still a reserve league is because Dundee United are in it and my brother's played in it. So that's the only reason that I know there is still a reserve league. Um, But there's there's not that many teams in it. It's not not big, it's not massive.
0: (laughs) It's not, I mean, like the reserve league was obviously there kind of prior to COVID um, and it was kind of utilised. Rangers obviously did best versus best games as well. It was kind of re-kind of, was rebooted, I suppose, to a point this season where some of the teams agreed to play in it. Um, I don't think it's maybe worked out quite as well as some teams would have been, you know, sort of thought it would. It's maybe not been the same level. I think the problem with the Reserve League is, is that when it was reset back up several years ago now, the wanted some of the first-team players who were injured or maybe some of the guys on the fringe of the first team would play in these games so that it was a good competitive game for some of the younger teams, i.e. maybe Rangers or Celtic or Hearts, etc. But it it never really came to fruition that season, in all honesty. And I think that was uh, was the year that Rangers won the league. They won the last game against Falkirk 3-1 and we went on to become champions. But since then, it's just it's never been great for me. I thought the best season was the best versus best games. I know it obviously comes at a big financial. For for
1: for people that are watching William, who maybe don't know what that is, can you explain what best versus
0: best is? It was Rangers basically wanted to play the best teams that they physically could. So we played teams like Ajax. We played teams like Bayern Munich. We played some teams from Belgium. Um, We obviously had Brentford B home and away. I think during that season as well. We played one of the best teams in Iceland, who apparently have brought through a lot of young players. I'm um, just trying to think, of so many games we played. We played a lot of tough games that season, and, and
1: this, say, this wasn't a league or anything. This was just no, no. One this, off was just like, yeah, this was
0: just like yes, it was just one-off games, but they were highly competitive. Clearly, you know, like playing Ajax away, playing Bayern Munich away, all of these kind of things was it was great for the players' development, and then obviously the. The UEFA Youth League games have been great for the players as well over the last few years. You know, coming up against really good quality players. And I think they're the true development games for a lot of youngsters. And I've always been a big advocate of maybe having like an Atlantic League or a European League that's just for players under the age of 19. You know, let's get the best teams from, say, Holland, Belgium, Denmark, Sweden, Norway.
1: You know, are you, are you, are you advocating a youth super league?
0: Basically, I. (laughs) (laughs) I just think I think for all the people that complain about the Colts thing, right, the only way the Colts things ever going to disappear is if Rangers go and play somewhere else you know, and if that doesn't happen, then what other options do Rangers have? This Mm -hmm. is the difficulty that the club have got, and I think the best versus best are not cheap you know, if you're having to fly to a country, take you know, like 20 players with you, take all the coaching staff, book hotel rooms, it's not cheap to do that all the time, and I think I think that's why i'm not so sure it would happen um next season or the season after because it's a huge financial outlay and the board would basically need to fund a lot of it
1: yeah they would yeah they would we'll come back to that we'll come back to that when we're discussing um the the first team managers uh, comments just very very quickly before we move on to the the under 18s because there is a game i want to discuss and there's like the reason a, a massive reason why i want to um, discuss it. But we have a question in for Paul. Um, Martin, sorry if you see my question. Just asking, see the man mountain at left back for the B team. Um, do you think he will stay after the summer? I think you mean centre back. Because left back's Robbie Fraser. Um, and the centre back is Alex Pappy. um well, I was I, I was told how to pronounce his I, name last night by Brian. So
0: I mean it could be John Lee or it could be Alex. It could either one of those two. So if Paul can confirm which one it is
1: well, I tell you, um, what we'll, I tell you what we'll do. We've spoken about John Lee before, Willie. So that last last night actually it was Alex and um, Pappy's first uh, start um, for the team. Um, so re- really, really difficult to judge a player yeah. when he's when he's not had a lot of minutes, and especially a young player when he's not had a lot of minutes. Um, but what did you make his performance?
0: I thought he did okay. You know what, I did, I mean, I, I think I said to you before the game, I wasn't expecting a huge amount from Alex, given that he hadn't played a lot of football for quite a while. Um, he made one or two mistakes in the game, but I think there's a kind of level that it's going to take him time to get back to anywhere near like, the level that he maybe feels as though he could be at. I think the club have put him through quite a, a heavy fitness-like sort of program in the last few weeks to get him like sort of good enough to start games he obviously played what was that, about 65 he played last night something yeah. nice about that um he's going to have to build up his overall game time there's obviously glasgow cup games coming up that he'll probably have some minutes in and um, they might even utilize him again over the next one or two games in the lowland league because all he's going to be able to do is build up his natural fitness and his game time by playing games um
1: for, for, for what it's for what it's worth William, from from what i've seen this, I'll, I'll give you a snapshot of what i've seen and then you can tell me that i have no idea what i'm talking about which should probably be very valid right um like i say very difficult to judge yeah. but for me very strong very quick actually really quick for a, a guy that well built um he was very he was. listen jewels and stuff like that there was no problem he was winning his headers he looked very 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 good physically um, you could see that he was lacking match sharpness, which oh, of course is. you would one hundred percent expect. Yeah. the 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 only thing I have seen, and I think you could maybe put this down to match sharpness, now, and I don't want to sit and criticise. I know we've only got him until the summer. Um, I don't want to criticise him too much. The only thing that I seen was lack of awareness, lack uh n- not smelling the danger. Uh, he had there was so many times he had to react to situations. That maybe if he was paying a wee bit more attention, he maybe could have intercepted the ball or or seen it coming. But when he had to react, he done it. He done it well. He was um he, like like Paul says, he's a man mountain. He's so quick. He, he doesn't shirk a tackle. He's he's very very good in the air. Um, yeah. I think you just we, we need to see him play more before we can judge too much.
0: Yeah, look, it's so it's what you would consider a sort of low risk signing. You know, they gave him a deal until the summer. They're going to get him fit, which I think they're getting quite close to getting, you know, to where they would like him to be. But after that, it's only games that are going to help him improve. You know, you can train all the oh, day, every day, but the reality is like, you need to get back out in the pitch. I think I can't remember if it was twelve months or eighteen months that he's not really played for, so he's missed a lot of football. Um, so for the kid to just get back on the pitch is probably a good thing. So there has to be a degree of let's be patient with him, let's give him like sort of time to get back to that level again. So, yeah, I mean, let's see how he copes between now and the end of the season and then the club can make a judgment on Alex. Um, the first time I seen him was that, that bounce game against Queen's Park and I thought he did well. Um, obviously, since then, he's spent a large part of the time just, you know, sort of growing his fitness and improving that behind the scenes at the training ground.
1: Yeah, 100%. On to the 18s, under-18s. The last game for the under-18s was at the training centre against Dundee United. Me and you were both at the game, William, yeah. along with all, most of my family. Uh, it was a game that I would imagine that Rangers wouldn't have expected to have too many problems in. You know, the, the Dundee United under-18s haven't exactly been in sparkling form. Um, to my knowledge, they're at the bottom of the league. They haven't been playing great this season. Um. Probably put up a bit of a better fight in the first half than Rangers would have expected. Although Rangers, look, Rangers were the better team by far, and in, in, in a way, the better team. But Dundee United put up a spirited fight in the first half. Is that fair?
0: Yeah. Well, I think I think just to go over some of the kind of results recently at that level, we've been a wee bit inconsistent. So very, very. I don't think I don't think Rangers can ever be seen as they're definitely going to win every 18s game because we have been quite inconsistent this year. Between the last podcast and this one, we've thrown 0-0 with Hamilton Acquis, which was probably a good result because Hamilton mm-hmm. are actually pretty strong. One of their boys scored last night in the first team that sent them through to the SPFL Trust Trophy final. We lost four three to at Murden. That was a really poor performance in all honesty. Yeah. We were really, really, really poor against at Murden. There's no excuse for how we played that day. Um, and then we had the 4-0 win against Mullow in the Cup, but Rangers did Call back in Zach Lovelace and Bailey Rice for that game. Greg Allen started and Jacob Pizikas was in goal. So it was probably about a strong a 18 team out with uh, Archie Stevens that could play and we were very comfortable. The 18s game against Dundee United. Yeah, look, I guess fair to say Dundee United have not been great this year. They've took a couple of real heavy defeats. Um, In the end, 4 nothing was okay, I think. Dundee United did a couple of chances. They could have took it 1 0 that might have made the game a little bit different. But in the end, um, Rangers played some decent stuff. Uh, Tyler Pasnik scored a great goal. I think that was the third goal Tyler scored. It was it was top bin. And obviously Chris Eddy, who's one of the six teams, come on, he scored the fourth. But yeah, look, I mean, at the moment, the 18s are a wee bit up and down. The, you know we don't seem to be able to have that level of consistency. We've got Sutmon away in Friday night, so we could do be kind of getting back to you know beating that team as well because the 4 feet defeat at his training grounds. I say that's one of our poorest this season. We were four yeah. one down, I think, in that game against St Murden. Um, so that was that was really, really, really poor performance, and I don't think anybody could say otherwise. If I'm totally honest, and that seems to be this team this year. They're either quite good or they're really bad. Like mm-hmm. they seem to be any middle ground it's it's hard, I mean they've played some really good like games this year but they've also had other games where they've not played well at all, I mean we had a 4-0 defeat at Hamilton Aki's which was really poor obviously that defeat to St Martin which as I say, yet again, it's just not good enough because there's a certain level of expectation and I get that people say, say you shouldn't put pressure on young players but unfortunately when you're at Rangers there is that level of expectation so when people see that coming out in social media, of course there's going to be criticism. And whether that's right or wrong is open to the individual. But I do think at times this year we haven't played anywhere near the level that we can do. And it's something that, you know, if these boys want to step up and play for the B team, there's going to need to be a big improvement because you know you're going from playing against 16, 17-year-old boys to playing against men. Mm-hmm. And that's a big difference for a lot of young players.
1: I know Finley Curtis as well. Scored a peach goal against Dundee. I thought, you know, fin- fin- Finley. Finley's, Finley's a very, very good player.
0: Um, can yeah, I like just Finley's mention- one of those guys. I mean, like you obviously spoke about him before the game, and Finley's got a natural ability to score goals, and it's not really mm. something that a lot of people talk about. He scored. I'll just double check. He scored twelve goals this season, and he's mainly playing in the midfield.
1: Yeah, you know,
0: he's not always like playing. Add a nine or whatever, I mean, although he has a few times this season to be fair, he scored 12 goals. Finley, he's a very composed, finisher, you know, and that's the one thing I really like about him. I'm, I'm happy that he finally got his his contract and that you know he's going to be with us for the next kind of, 18 months or so at the bare minimum. But I really like Finley, I think he's a really, really good player.
1: I think he's definitely one of those to watch, keep put a wee asterisk beside his name, um, because he is a very, very good player. Can I just give a shout out? And I and I feel like I have to volume, like I say, first half Dundee United were okay. Um, they created a couple of chances. They kind of went toe to toe with Rangers. Second half, it could have been more than four. Rangers totally dominated the second half of that game, and they ran away with the game. Um, but there was a young boy in the Dundee United team. I believe he was number thirteen. Um, and I'm not going to mention any names until I've had I've had your opinion. Um, but it seemed to me that if Dundee United were going to do anything. Um, it
0: was coming through um, number 13 You know what I thought the first half Dundee United played some decent stuff um, I thought they moved the ball well I thought they could have done a little bit better in the final third um, I thought the way that they moved the ball from the middle to the front was good they just lacked that that final quality but I suppose at the end of the day when you talk about Dundee United the biggest thing for this season is just the amount of goals they concede yeah. which is you know, at the end of the day, it's okay scoring one or two goals, but if you're conceding three or four or five in every game, you know, you're know you not going to win that many games at that level. But if you're done the United's perspective, see if they're playing younger players at that age group who are 15 and 16 and they're getting something out of playing at that level. That's more important than winning or losing games. That's what I would say. Because not yeah. everything is about winning all the time, but I think there has to be a degree of let the young players play, let them develop, let them play. Let them enjoy themselves. You know, let them get used to playing at a higher level where they're being pushed to improve as a footballer. Because that's what's happening to me Bailey. You know, he's getting pushed into the B team at sixteen. You know? That's why it's good for some of the under sixteens being pushed into the A teams recently as well. It's good for them. It's good mm-hmm. for them to be, you know, sort of tested against boys that are a little bit older, that are a little bit stronger, that are a little bit kind of more street smart in terms of where they are in the football pitch. So all of these things can only help them improve, in my honest opinion.
1: Yeah. Welcome to the Rabble, Stacey Louise Walker. Thank you for joining as a member. It is greatly, greatly appreciated. All your support is, and I hope you enjoy all the extra videos and all the extra content, that back catalogue that is there for you to watch whenever you so please, Stacey. So thank you very, very much for joining up. Um, And, of course, I was talking about my little brother, Adam, um, who I fought in the first half was Dundee's best player, um, very composed in the ball couple of nice touches probably should have scored as well cut inside um just a pure shot um and and i don't like to praise dundee united William, as you know Um, <laughs> but when your brother plays for them i just had to point it out because i thought he was he was by far my way the best player and and i wanted you to mention it so that it wouldn't be coming through my family tinted eyes is what i was trying to drag out of you um but I'll yeah
0: Although, like, your mum did give me a tenner at the game to say that tonight. She so did. She, did. she gave work. me 20
1: quid, to be <laughs> fair, because she knows how much I don't like Dundee rating, But there you go, yeah. yeah. No, Adam was very, very good. I was very, very proud of him in that first half. Second half, Rangers was blowing him away and there was nothing that Dundee, that Adam or anybody could do. Um, Rangers were just too good. Okay, so uh, the main topic of conversation, and we're 50 minutes in by the way. <laughs> what well, did you say to me before we started? Half an hour, Martin. Half an hour, and we'll be that'll be it. That'll be it. So, do you want to run over very quickly what Michael Beal, the first team manager, has said about Rangers B's participation in the Lowland League?
0: Yeah, well, I think it can kind of stem from a bigger point where they were asking about uh, Alex Lowry and Leon and King and Adam Devine and you know taking that step from the Lowland League into the first team and he was kind of pointing towards it. It's it's almost impossible to take a player directly from the Lowland League and put him into the first team. And I don't think anybody's going to disagree with that. You know, like the reality is you're playing against part-time teams in the Lowland League and when you play for Rangers, you're playing against the best players that Scotland have to offer in the top flight. So, yeah, of course it's a massive jump up. I think it's a fine balancing act for the football club where they're trying to have young players playing in meaningful games. This was the problem with best versus best to a point, that they were just always friendlies. Whereas at least in the lowland league, they've got competitive fixtures. The argument is that the quality of the fixtures from week to week isn't good enough for some of the young players at the football club, and everybody would accept that, like, nobody's going to say that Rangers playing, like, sort of Dalby Star, who are sitting bottom of the league that have conceded 100 goals or something like that, you know that isn't going to help our young players in the long term, it clearly isn't but you do need to have some type of competitive football and at the moment, as it currently stands the Lowland League was the only real option that, that Rangers had so, it's it's a fine balancing act, Martin. I mean, like, obviously, you've been to enough games with me to know that some games are, are good competitive fixtures, other games can be so one sided. And, like, you know, the boys are not taking anything out of those games. Whereas, you can take like, things out from some of the other games where the players have been tested by certain teams in terms of how they play if it's a physical game, if it's more of a counter attacking game. So you can take things from those games. Some of the other games this season, we do have to say, when Rangers are winning by five and six goals. I don't, I don't really think as a team we take quite as much out of those as maybe some people would maybe think.
1: There's so much to unpack for us, right? Because um, I think this is probably a serious debate to have. Where maybe somebody who's involved, maybe somebody from Rangers, although I very much doubt we would ever get that debate. Um, but there's so many different facets to it. Now, firstly, you mentioned there about, you know, some games in the low, in the Lowland League are very competitive, very good games, very enjoyable. Others, it's, it's Rangers for 90 minutes. It's how many goals do they want to score. Yeah. Um, it, it can be not boring because it's never boring to see Rangers winning by five or six goals, but predictable. Now, one of the big things Rangers are trying to do is to get people to come to Dumbarton and away, but but obviously more so Dumbarton. Come to Dumbarton and watch the B team. Now, you can have this same debate about the women's game as well, right? But oh. we'll have it about the B team because this is what we're here to talk about. If you are going to games knowing that the, the Rangers B team are going to win five, six, seven, the teams that are they aren't playing or aren't that good, um, that can put people off from going. You know? So, yeah, I, 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 I take it for a financial point of view, I take it from that, but you know, and this would, this would be the same rebuttal to every single point that we'll discuss. What other option do Rangers have?
0: Well, that is the difficulty at the moment. There's not really anything else. And that's and that's the real problem that the club have got. And I kind of find it hard to be really critical because I don't know where they would go if they weren't playing in the Lowland League this season. Because I think it's clear to anybody that's looked at the Reserve League, that wouldn't have been enough for Rangers. You know, and it wouldn't have helped them over the course of the season either. So I'm not really too sure what what the best thing would be to do. As like, my personal preference is either a British-style youth league where maybe we play the best English teams um, in some type of group or, or some type of league format or another kind of competition where we're playing, as I say, teams for Sweden, Denmark, Norway, Belgium, Holland, whoever else was looking to be involved in it. Because to me... That, at least, would be a great test every week. You'd be playing against different styles of teams. You'd be playing against, you know, like, so teams that have got a different ethic. Who maybe like sort of, so When Rangers get into these games, they're not the favourites getting into all of these games. In general, in the lower league, Rangers are expected to win pretty much all of the games. If Rangers get into this, you know, like a British youth league or a kind of European-style youth league, Rangers wouldn't be expected to win every single game. And to me, that's a good thing. It can be a mentality shift for the players as well, where maybe they're forced to do something different that they've not had to do before, that maybe they have to think outside the box when they're on the pitch playing against a team that play a totally different system that maybe we haven't seen that often. Like To me, that's the way of helping young players and developing young players. But moving forward, I don't know what the financial cost for that would be, but I do feel like something needs to happen in the next few years, or. We're just going to continue to lose good young players who might have had the opportunity to play for Rangers because we're not able to, to bridge the gap between where the B team is and where the first team is.
1: How difficult is it, do you think, for people like uh, Craig Robertson, Craig Mulholland, um other people on the board who have helped to... Maneuver and manufacture this move for the B team to hear the first team manager coming out and almost I mean I don't want to put words in Michael Beale's mouth, um, but what he's pretty much said is it's almost too near impossible for a B team player to then make that move to the first team because of the level that he's playing at.
0: Yeah, look, it's it's so difficult. I think I think it's taken into context how he said it. I think the way that it's been it's been put out there makes it sound a lot worse. I think what he was basically trying to say, and I think that's what like most people that heard what he said is that like you know, I couldn't take a player from the B team that played against Gretna last night and put them into my starting lineup on Saturday type thing. Mm-hmm. I think that's what he was trying to put out there. And he's right, because you couldn't like you know, you can't judge somebody's performance against Gretner and then put them in against Aberdeen and Highbrooks. Do you know what I mean? And that's the, that's the fine line in football. Um, I mean, Rangers obviously put a lot of work into trying to get into the Lowland League because at the time, obviously, COVID was still a thing. They pretty much said they were not going to have a reserve league Rangers wanted to get the boys out there to play games. You weren't able to travel at that point, you know, if everybody wasn't vaccinated, if you couldn't go on the plane, if you couldn't get into the hotel and there were so many problems. So like, the offer for the Lowland League was a real, you know, sort of big thing for Rangers to just be allowed to play. It's obviously continued on this season. There is now talk that there could be something different next season or the season after that. But I mean, the simple reality is we do need to be tested more, and we do need more, more like sort of highly competitive football matches. Mm-hmm. Because like, I watch somebody like Darvel playing against Aberdeen, Darvel are playing Falkirk. Uh, if Rangers were playing against teams like that, and Auchinleck, and Beeve, and Cole Wanning, and all these other teams that are top teams at that level, those games would probably be more, more competitive than what is in the lowly league at the moment. And this is the fine line that. Maybe the SFA need to step in. Maybe the SPFL need to come together. All the clubs come together and 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 look at the structure of Scottish football. Because see to me, there needs to be a drastic change in Scottish football. you know? And it's and the only people that are able to do that are the people that are running the game. And the only way that's going to happen is if if teams are open to change. Sadly, in Scottish football, as we've seen over the years, a lot of teams. Are, are fearful of getting relegated because once they get relegated, they're not coming back, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and that's the big fear. I mean, there's like Cowden Beef, they were in the Championship not that long ago, then they dropped into League 1, League 2, and now they're sitting in the bottom half of the Lowland League, Do you know, and that's how quickly things can go and I think that's the fear for a lot of the teams in League 2. If they drop into the Lowland League, then they might never come back, so they're not going to vote through a lot of these changes, which would maybe see maybe like sort of two or three teams come up sh- from each of the levels. Because, see, if you get three teams coming up each season from the levels below, it would make the low and lead stronger. Because, the, it would be do, do, know what the,
1: do you know what the sad thing is, William? The sad thing is that there is so much potential in Scottish football. You've just rained off about five or six teams, including your darvos, your Ocken Lecks, even your Pollocks, etc. Mm. Right? There is so much potential. And there's so much money in a lot of these teams as well to get promoted through the leagues and make this make Scottish football better, make Scottish football more competitive. Um, yeah. But like you say, Scottish football is such a closed shop and people will look and they will say, right. first of all, they complained that Rangers, B, Celtic, B and Hartsby were in the Lowland League. Oh, it's, it's a monopoly to help the big teams. Then, of course, there, there will be... Um, they'll be fighting against the ability for Rangers BCLTB heart speed to get promoted into League Two, um, yeah. even though that can only help Scottish football. So it seems that no matter what Rangers or anybody else who are maybe seen as a bigger team try and do to improve and and get pe- more people engaged in Scottish football, because of people like, like you know likes a Dundee United, likes of a, even a Motherwell are so fear of the consequences that it might affect them, there's never going to be change.
0: No, and that's the thing, I mean, I'm just looking now at like, the West of Scotland League, you've got Darvo, Beave Juniors, Pollock, Auchinleck, Clyde Bank, Hurlford, Irvine Meadow. See, if you took even some of the teams further down there, like Harfield, or Truner, co and whoever you're talking about, right, those teams would probably be a more difficult challenge for Rangers in the Lowland League than some of the teams that are already in it. And this is where I think I think it was last summer where I think it was kind of proposed that there would be two teams up and two teams down, or it was three teams up and three teams down. And straight away the Lower League were like, no, we don't want that. Because when you look at what happened last year to like Vela Levin, who were obviously getting pummeled every single week in the Lowland League, I think they're sitting like bottom of the league that they're in now as well. (laughs) <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So that's how far they've fallen. If you look at this year, like Aussie said, they'll look as though they're about to drop off a cliff as well. And then you look at some of the other teams that are down at the bottom of that league, they're not going to vote for change because they know that they're the ones that's going to drop out. See if it's free up and free down. See the bottom three that's in the Lowland League right now. Why, why would they vote that through? Self-preservation.
1: Why that through?
0: Because it's self-preservation. And see mm. the reality, see whether people like it or not. That'll never change.
1: No, but that's why the voting rules have to be changed. I mean, it's ridiculous that in the top league right now, it's te- you need 10-1 to, to make change.
0: I mean, you like know? for instance, I'm, I'm trying to bring up the Lowland League table, right? So the bottom three teams at the moment are Dalbiti Stiles on six points from 25 games.
1: Which is, which is just ridiculous.
0: Right. Edinburgh Uni are on seven points from 26 games. Between the two of them, they've won three games out of 51, right? Mm-hmm. They're on minus hundred and minus 160 goals between the two of them, right? So what are they bringing to the Lowland League that somebody like sort of, Darvo or lake or Pork? I mean, if they come into that league, they're straight away some of the toughest teams in that league. Mm-hmm. You only need to look at Trent. Like, obviously, Trent came up last season after beating uh, Darvo, right? They're second top of the league. They've won 17 out of 28 games. They're they they, they could
1: conceivably go to League Two.
0: Yeah, they could because, see, maybe you look at Trinette, they, at the moment, are the team that's going to get, you know, that, a um, sort of game against a Highland League team, the two-legged game over the Highland League teams, and then you've got to beat the team that's bottom of League Two. I think Trinette are more than good enough to do that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's the fear for the League Two teams as well. You see every time that, one or two teams come up from like the West or Scotland or whatever league, they would easily beat most teams in League Two. I mean, look at Darval, right? I fully expect Darvo to beat Falkirk. Mm-hmm. Because at the idea, yeah, that they're like, they spending good money on that squad, right? And it's the same for many of the teams round about them. I mean, like, Ersick like, just went out and signed the boy James Keatons, who's played a lot of Scottish Championship football until the last year or two when he's been a little bit older, he's dropped down the levels. But I mean, they're sitting second in the Lowland League. They've come in and pretty much strolled that league this year, in reality. Whereas, if uh, people are trying to tell me that that darvo couldn't come up and won that league, they're lying. You know? So, like, it's utter nonsense. It'll always be about self-preservation. Nothing will ever change on that. See, the only good thing this season in the Lowland League is that the University of Stirling are sitting third. They've won 17 out of 26 games, and that's a lot of talented young players that are doing well there. That's been one of the big standouts for me in the Lola League this year. But at the end of the day, I don't see them ever voting for change. I don't see them ever doing what's right for the future of the game in here. Because I don't know why they would. I know, I know. Why would you vote yourself out of the league? Because that's what you'd be doing if you're Dalby. That's what you'd be doing if you're Edinburgh Uni. That's what you'd be doing if you're East Stirlingshire. Why would you vote change? Because you're never going just,
1: just just look at how much he's still going to fail. Anyway, um, just just back to the manager's comments uh, quickly, and we'll finish up. Yeah. Um, I, I suppose maybe one of the more important points that we haven't uh, touched on about uh, and look, we this could be getting taken completely out of context. So you know, you've got to be we do have to be careful. However, in saying that, I will be a complete hypocrite and ask the question anyway. <laughs> um, how do you think that made the players feel on the B team? Do you think that was a, a could, could that have crushed confidence? Or do you think the fact that we're, we're not 100% sure exactly what he meant, yeah. um, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that there's absolutely zero pathway. But if a player's reading the comments, as a player said to himself, I have no chance.
0: Yeah. I mean, like obviously when I watched the press conference back, and then I uh I was trying to listen to exactly what he was trying to say when he said it. But, yeah, of course, it's got to be a bit of a dagger to the heart, isn't it, for some of the young players? Because he's pretty much saying that um, even if you step up and play for the first team, it's not going to happen, like, sort of directly for the lower League. When you look at, like, Leon and Alex and, and Adam, like, they've had to come up and train for months and months and months with the first team before they've come into the first team. So you're basically going away and, like, you're retraining again to become a first-team player at Rangers. And you're having to get into training every day. And you're having to show up and show up and show up and like sort of continue to develop and improve so yeah it must have been tough to hear for some of the young players and I don't know maybe if after that press conference maybe Michael Beal went and spoke to the players and maybe said look that was maybe taken a bit out of context that's not what I actually meant because you know if people took it the other way you're basically saying it's you know the guys that are in the lower League this year they're never going to be good enough to play for Rangers you know and that's that's the two sides of it. it and it depends how you took those comments. I took it that he just wouldn't take a player out of the lowly league for last night and put him in the team for Saturday. But I also see the argument that is playing the fifth year of Scottish football enough to develop young players for Rangers first team? I think the answer to that is no. And it's probably trying to find that balance where some players need to go out and loan and play in the championship, etc. and be like sort of progressive to make it to Rangers.
1: Yeah, and, and look, let's hope that's not the case. Yeah. Let's hope that we do see more youth coming through. It's just, you know, I don't even think we can use the excuse of what happened to us as a club. No, no. Um, the demotions and stuff. Rangers have never been great at bringing through youth. I think we need to be brutally honest about that. And if, I, if again, we're being brutally honest, William, we'll finish on this, but nothing's really changed on that front. We, we could, if you like, we got lucky with Nathan in respects that he had to come into the team because we had nobody else um, when when Tav was out. um, And he played okay, played well. He scored a goal in Europe, but he didn't play a lot of games. And he was bought by Everton because obviously Everton seen something in him. Um, So we got lucky with Nathan. If you take it all the way back, Alan Hutton played for six months, away to to Tottenham. Barry Ferguson's probably the only example I can see of somebody who's came through our youth academy and actually made a real, real success at our football club, and then out with that, people who have came through out of our academy and had a and broke into the first team and then moved on. Mm. You know, you're talking John Fleck, you're yeah. talking what Greg Wilden, and, and, and Greg didn't exactly go on to hit the heights that he probably should have. You know, so no matter what way you want to dress it up, no matter what way you want to look at it, you know, the Rangers academy for. 30 years, has effectively served zero purpose.
0: Yeah, look, I mean, there's only a handful of players that have truly committed into the squad and and been a difference maker. You know, you've got Alan McGregor. You've got uh, Alan Hutton, obviously did a really good job. Uh, Barry Ferguson clearly stands out in that one. You've got guys like Chris Buck, Charlie Adam. They kind of fluctuated, didn't they, between you know, being good enough and sitting on the bench. And that's the problem, mate. And it always will be that same problem. Um, You probably need to be outstanding, like sort of beyond probably better than but the first team I've got. I mean, somebody like Alex Lowry needs to be better than what we are signing to get into the first team. Uh, obviously, Leon King needs to be playing at a higher level than Connor Goldson and Ben Davies. You know, Adam Devine needs to be playing at a higher level than... Borna Barris, each of James Tavenier. I mean, that's where these young players are. They need to go and show that they're better than what's currently in the first 11. And that's a that's a really difficult thing to do. And that will continue to be the case. Is there a lot of exceptionally talented young players at Rangers Academy? Yeah. Are they always going to make it at Rangers? No. But it doesn't mean the boys can't go on and have a good career. And that's always been my mindset since I first watched the players play, that as long as they go on to have a career in the game, I'm happy for them. I know they would all love to make it at Rangers, but I'm also accepting of the fact that every young player that's at the academy isn't going to make it at Rangers. There's like a 0.1% chance that somebody will ever be good enough to play for the club, and the rest of the guys will move on to playing League One, League Two, the Championship, might go to England, might go abroad. But that's that's where we are.
1: Yeah, that is. And look, he's saying... Um... If, you, if there's any youngsters watching, I apologise for the language. Um, <laughs> that It's grim, um, but true. and It is a pity that we've had a few really good up-and-coming youngsters that will probably fall away to the sidelines because they are not given the chance. And the only way for Rangers to turn around and prove us wrong is for one or two players to come through and be given the chance. And look, we've got Lowry, we've got Zach, we've got Aaron, we've got Bailey Rice. You know, there's plenty of young players there who i'm hoping have a chance to possibly break through and maybe do something with our team but until that day happens then we will be having the same conversations about the academy um although like William says it produces a, a a number of fantastic young players who go on and do things in scottish football you know I say it's had zero impact that's that's not fair that's not true that was a wee bit of an overreaction, but it's just not had the impact that we would want in terms of first team players no. um but we shall leave it there thank you very much everybody for watching um you know I I do I really enjoy doing these academy reviews with you. I enjoy going to the games I enjoy watching the B team it's an experience um that is, I would advise anybody just to go along, even if, if you only want to do it once you've never done it before, go along and watch it and and enjoy it, um, you know Dumbarton's a nice wee stadium next to a nice big castle you can have a look at the castle at the same time as well um, but yeah, so thank you everybody for watching, hopefully we'll, we'll be back sooner than we were aware of last time um, and I'm hoping to do a few more things with the academy um, going towards the end of the season, and especially when we go full-time, I'm looking to kind of up the, the quality level of, of the academy stuff that we bring you. But, yeah, thank you, everybody, for watching. Please like, please subscribe. Remember that link for kit bags in the description um, for up to 65% off of all, uh, not all, uh, most of the selected football tops, and that includes all the Rangers tops from this season as well. So thank you for tuning in, everybody, and we'll speak to you all again very, very soon. Podcast Network.